You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Police books. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it. You feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please, get off this planet while you still have a choice. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, the first episode of 2019. We can... Not believe it. It's shocking that we're here in 2019. And, you know, I've already written 2018 on at least three checks. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, got to change that. Got to change that. And it's only the 2nd of January. So wait, who wait, writes wait, checks? Wait. Yeah, I was going to say, you still <laughs> that was up. Okay, so I'm not the only one that thought that, right? <laughs> hey, I, some people I work with, you know, and have to pay like getting checks from me. So, you know. <laughs> So, you know, wrong with and, you? and we're recording on the Commodore 64, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I had to log in and go. <laughs> Welcome and, to AOL. And your point being, you know, <laughs> this is a time travel show. We talk all about that type of Live so, from Radio Shack. Exactly. Radio Shack called. They want the 70s back, right? <laughs> All of it. All of it. All of it. Dude, exactly. 80, 79 and 70, uh, 78. Do not leave anybody behind. Exactly. So, you know, we're going back to the future, Marty. So it's going to be kind of awesome to talk all about Doctor Who. We had a great uh, New Year's special. Can't even call it a Christmas special anymore. So we are going to be talking all about resolution. And we got a great crew to talk all about it tonight. But remember... If you haven't watched it yet, we are going to be spoiling it. So, you know, be prepared. How exciting. (laughs) Spoilers. All right. You've been warned. (laughs) Let's say hey to... Run, scatter. (laughs) Run, scatter. We got a great crew, though. Let's welcome, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy, New Year. How are you this year so far, sir? I'm great. You know, the, the... I thought the the 2018 season of Doctor Who went by fast, but the 2019 season just flew by. Like <laughs> I can't believe it's over already. It felt uh, like it was over in 90 minutes, you know? It just was shocking how fast it went by. So, yeah. Uh, 60 seconds. Crazy. Exactly. It's pretty amazing how, you know, fast it went. But, you know, speaking of fast, Mary's here. Hey. Hi. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. <laughs> I was waiting to see if she caught on to that one. <laughs> Happy New Year, Mary. It's an exciting year already. Exactly. We're going to be shocking you this season with all kinds of cool <laughs> cool stuff for 2019. We better because, you know. New sexy Doctor Who podcast. 
Oh, oh my! <laughs> exactly. I don't. No, no, no. I don't know about so, that. So we're getting three new hosts. Exactly. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Exactly. I'm happy to tell you this will be our last episode. <laughs> Tonight we are reviewing t- Trial of a Time Lord. No. Oh wow! This will be our last episode. Wait. Okay, that is not sexy. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Bald Perry? No, 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 no. All right, and we oh, come on. It's Nicola Bryant. She can actually wear a burlap sack, and she would still make it look sexy today. Today, she can wear a burlap sack and still be sexy. I'm glad you think That's so. Just me. I'm glad you think so, Christian. As you've heard throughout the show already, we do have a guest with us. Christian Basil's with us. Welcome, Christian. Hello, hello, everybody. And how would people know you, my friend? Well, I run a podcast too. It's a Doctor Who one. Oh yes, I do. I run a podcast. uh, Just started recently, the end of last year, called "The Legend of Traveling Tardis." And I'm happy to say, and not trying to push any egos, but I'm geeking out as hard as anybody could to make this announcement. We just landed our iHeartRadio account, so it was. It was quicker than I ever thought it. And we actually premiered at the same time Jody premiered. So it was. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is awesome. iHeartRadio. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. I've heard great things about that. Yeah. I heart it. Yeah. Yes. They were desperate. They said, we need a Doctor Who podcast. Who are you? Okay. Who are you? (laughs) Do you know what a police box is? Yes. You're hired. Exactly. (laughs) That's cool. What do you think of Jody? She's kind of cute. Okay, you're in. Okay, exactly. Fine. <laughs> well, you know, you could have said the same thing about Peter too. You know, depending where you where your orientation. I don't care what the fan girl said. He is a handsome man. If I grow up and look as half as handsome as that as Peter Capaldi, I will I will have accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I want to have angry eyebrows just like him. Exactly. <laughs> so, how can people find you? No. Uh, they can go to uh, the the main link is the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the traveling TARDIS. Uh, the Facebook page started uh, roughly about six or seven years ago, kind of as not, I wouldn't say a goof or a spoof or anything of that nature, but I had the idea of taking a TARDIS and putting in places where boldly goes where no TARDIS has gone before. And the 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 commonality was to have the TARDIS go in places that the doctor has not been to. And roughly about quite a few uh, subscribers later, I, you know, I, I guess people are hard for entertainment. They like a TARDIS. They like to see it in, in new places, but it has now a common thread to a lot of celebrities, a lot of cosplayers, a lot of locations. It just, everybody loves to come in contact. It's now something that I used to go to the conventions and go, Hey, do you want to take a picture of my TARDIS? To I will go to a convention and people go, where's your TARDIS? I want a picture with it right now. I'm like, okay, really? Okay, bye. So he's been a convention's best friend since the day he was born. No, I remember, gosh, it's it has been quite a few years since I actually started following you guys. And, you know, it's been pretty mm-hmm. awesome. You're referring to my social media, not around the house. Right? No, no, no stalking, no stalking <laughs> here. stalking you. <laughs> you know, that, that's how I got these two on the show. What do you mean? Oh, really? <laughs> Mary's behind my window. (laughs) Mary, wow, that's (laughs) that's a great Mary. That's a great piece of artwork you're working on right now. (laughs) What? What? Where's that voice coming from? (laughs) Don't worry about it. You have nothing to worry about. Just become on our podcast. Okay, this is going to take a wrong turn. Let's stop right there. (laughs) Let's eventually talk about the episode. 
This is no, a- and folks, we are not even hungover or drunk anymore from New Year's. <laughs> are so. you sure? Because <laughs> we should be. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really interesting. You know, you know, I'm glad to have you up here on the show with us, and we are glad to have you guys at home with us. And if you want to f- uh, follow along, or you know, you know, write us or anything, please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. We definitely would appreciate it. And we definitely got have gotten some more emails and we'll read those at the end of the show. So thank you. Thank you for everyone who has been writing us about uh, the different episodes of Doctor Who and, you know, what we've thought of Jody as the doctor and talking about even us on the show about our point of views and stuff. So we'll be getting all into that after we do our review tonight. So, but, Let's get started right away. You know, let's just talk about resolution. This is the DNA of the most dangerous creature in the universe. What? It's been buried on Earth since the ninth century. It's not going to stop until it's taken control of this planet. It's going to kill anyone that gets in its path. Does it have a name? Let's jump in with both feet. It was the first time Doctor Who has done a New Year special and breaking with tradition of the Christmas specials and coming to you live on New Year's Day. We Everyone around the world pretty much saw it on the same day, at least, not at the same times. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't um, end of, the end of time do a Christmas New Year split? Or am I, yeah, am I yeah. didn't it have like it, a it, it did, but it doesn't really... They, just continue counting. Uh, I, get, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, this is solely as a New Year's special, right? Gotcha. And okay. it was it was interesting, and I do see your guys' point. But you know, this was you know this is going to be a New Year's special, and it brought an old enemy back. And actually, this is the <laughs> first the calories. Exactly. Well, <laughs> actually, this is the first time in probably five six years I've actually been excited to see the Daleks. They missed, they missed a great opportunity. And they really should have called this Resolution of the Daleks. Yeah, they should have. <laughs> I agree with you, actually. Mike. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers! <laughs> they, yeah. they told us it was the Daleks in the trailers. There wasn't anybody who didn't know that the, that the Daleks were going to be in this. This this reminds me of the time that Moth had come back and said, the Master's not coming back. I swear to God, the Master's not coming back. He's not coming back. Oh, it's Missy. Yeah. Oh. Well, he yeah, was telling not, the truth, uh, though. Slightly, yeah. Just like, okay. Yeah, I don't, um, I, I don't know. I don't, whatever Chibnall, you know, expected to do and play coy with that, whatever. That's just, that. I mean, I see that. But then, you know, if you're going to keep it secret like that, then when you show the trailers and do all the press and media for it leading up to it, you don't spill it out there, too. So uh, it just seemed like it was this one hand not paying attention to what the other marketing hand was doing, so. That that happens a lot with the BBC. Yeah. They keep it for a long time, and then all of a sudden they spill it the week before or the day before. Exactly. And that's what they did with this. They basically brought it, you know, said, an, you know, an ancient enemy and, you know, coming back. And they didn't do anything. But then the last time they, when they redid the preview for it, of course, they added the exterminate in the last two well, seconds. Yeah, I mean, to be, to be like, fair, ah. I mean, this is a sort of reintroduction um uh to the doc my now correct me if i'm wrong but my understanding is this is the first ever uh dalek to to hit earth 
Well, yeah, I, that was the implication. He was supposed yeah, to be a scout. in the ninth century. Mm-hmm. So exactly. uh, that, you know, I, does that predate any other time we've seen the Daleks on Earth? On so, Earth, yes. So, yeah. I, that wasn't the question I was asking. It's 2019 and nobody on this planet knows yeah, what a Dalek is? Yeah, that was is? really ridiculous. Nobody? Well, yeah, the Daleks only, you know, had the thing at, you know, invading the Earth with the Cybermen that one, <laughs> that one time. time. And the, I don't remember Captain Jack retroconning the entire <laughs> planet in the yeah. past history or, or Men what, in Black coming out and neuralizing everybody. So I'm exactly. like, nobody. Or, when, or when the planet was transported with, you know, to the other place when the Doctor and exactly. right. had to come rescue the TARDIS and the TARDIS had to pull the Earth back after all the Daleks were on Earth. Yeah, Especially no, no, no. you're in Britain, since the Daleks show up in Britain all the time. But okay, I mean, whatever. I can hand wave that away. Well, if you remember, though, there were some interesting things that, you know, in the 11th Doctor era, when they did the Dalek um, during right. World War Two, and the whole, and they and Amy didn't remember what a Dalek was, and he says, "What they invaded Earth? You know, don't you remember that?" And she was looking at him like a blank stare. So. But didn't that have to do with that crack in time, whatever that weird storyline was? No, it thing? had nothing to do with that. I don't know. I oh, think okay. he just basically, like, you know, put it off. I jokingly aside by saying, like, you know, you humans, you don't, or, you know, don't pay attention to anything that's not in front of you, or you have such forgetful memories, or something like that. And they'll forget. Yeah. It by and next it's just, week, you know, basically. I mean, every time, right. yeah, it just, oof. Oh, man. And there are just some things about this episode when you, I understand you want to make a fresh start. I I don't mind that at all. But when you sort of ignore or go blatantly against anything that has happened in the 50 plus years of this franchise, that, that kind of stings a little bit, you know, the whole like, Oh, units done because of budgetary reasons. Oh, don't get, (laughs) even get me started on that unit joke. I, I just wanted to, put my hands with the screen, grab Chidmel and just, yeah, it wasn't bad enough. What Moffat did to the brig. No, no. Now we have to piss all over unit. It was really pissing all over Brexit. (laughs) I mean, pissing over big finish. No, I I agree with Mary. It was totally a Brexit. Yeah. But that the expense of unit unit. Oh, I know. Well, I don't know if that, I mean, he could still bring unit back. It's easy to bring back unit completely. You know, he didn't say mm-hmm. they exist or something like that. Exactly. But Mike, oh. but Mike here's, here's my take on this. I understand Chibnall was pulling a JJ Abrams. He was just disavowing everything that came from the past and saying, I'm going to start anew." the problem is, and I agree with Mike, you have 50 plus years of cache knowledge and wonderful villains and stories and you're going to try to reboot this. The wonderful thing about Doctor Who, and especially after its re- reboot, is that RTD and Moffat were not afraid to go back in history, take some of the classic stuff, take some of the classic stories, and bring them up to speed and make it popular, make it attractive to classic people like myself who like, oh, there's the Daleks, there's the Cybermen, there's the Centaurans. Maybe they got a little weird. But, I mean, that's the beauty of it. You can go back in time and pull out the Bavarians and put them on an episode for about three and a half seconds. Oh, but exactly. You got when, it there. When, 
Why you, would you need to restart? When you saw Alpha Centauri in that Ice Warriors geeked episode. Geeked out. Oh, total geek out. But yeah, and I agree with that. And I know Chibnall's slowly trying to bring some of the history back into the show after his first season. And he's talked already about in interviews that I've read with him. You know, that season lied, two right? will be more. <laughs> of course. I mean, That's Moffat. I mean, That's Moffat, too. I mean, you like, know? yeah. So go ahead. What does he say? No, let's keep on going. Like you can't trust anything the guy says. No, you can't. You can't trust anything you read on TV or you know or hear. You, it's everything nowadays. Okay, I'm not going that. But they have their own plotting. I mean, no, Moffat rebooted it also. Yeah, you know every reboot set. I don't. But you you can ease. No, no, there's nothing wrong with going into and you and and I believe in Moffat when he said. There are going to be some uncomfortable things that are going to be happening, but that doesn't mean you have to go full on completely off the rails to the point where well, a lot of my friends are saying, I don't even recognize this show anymore. Who is this? What is this? I, I, the best line I think of any Star Trek movie is coming from Captain Kirk. People can be very frightened of change. And what ended up happening is people going like, this is not the show that I not only not grew up with, but not, I don't recognize the, you know, the last 10 years with this show. So I think you can weed in something. You can have the Daleks and the Cybermen and then bring in the weeping angels and the Ood right after. I I disagree with that. I think he's trying to put his personal touch on it the same way Moffat did the same way RTD did, you know, bringing it in same way John Nathan Turner did. Going back to old series. Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right now, it isn't working. But I do like what they have done more on the social commentary and such in each episode. I think this last season of Doctor Who, and we're going to talk about it in our next episode when mm-hmm. we do our series review. But, you know, I th- I'm going to go out and say it right now. I think they touched on more socially conscious issues this season than they have anywhere in the last 10 years on the show. Oh, well, yeah, actually, I think I'd agree with you. And I mean, it's done. Some of it was very clunky. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's learning. I agree with you there. But you know what? Getting getting back to this, this episode. Yeah, let's come back to that, folks. Yeah, come on. I mean, I I like this episode. I, I did too. I th- I thought this, this episode. Was... I enjoyed this episode. It wasn't perfect. No, it wasn't. But, but in truth, fun. it's one of my favorite stories this season. Yeah, I think it may be. You know, aside from Rosa, I think this is my favorite story of the season. Mm-hmm. This is my out of probably my. It's my now my second favorite out of the season. And I and, like what he did with the Dalek. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The I Dalek. Like, um, the, I like the, the squid, the squid piloting, was awesome. piloting Lynn. <laughs> oh, when you saw the tentacles coming out of her, off her back and everything. Yeah. That was I just mean, that really was, well done. Yeah. That was genuinely creepy and, and creepy idea. Uh, I thought that was a lot better than say having the eye stalk coming out of her forehead. Well, not only that, but Charlotte Richie, who plays Lynn, oh my God, you could oh, tell within right. her emotion, her face, she was being controlled by the Dalek. And what a bigger, dangerous weapon than a Dalek mixed in with a human, the most dangerous weapon now on the planet. Yeah, Just I mean, one. I she did an amazing job. She really sold it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
a lesser actress would, you know, it could have been very hokey, but it wasn't mm-hmm. at all. I didn't feel. I felt it was just creepy. Oh, the scene when she met the police officer? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. That was, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, she didn't even have to say words. She just gave a look, and that's all that needed to be said. You're being mm-hmm. controlled by a darling, and you are a badass. That's that's yeah. what I loved about that particular part of the episode. That's why um, when we were doing a rating of the show, I gave it a higher rating because of that villain. For one time, I actually liked the villain mm-hmm. that was being portrayed. No, exactly. And it was nice to have a proper villain other than Tim Shaw this season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yes. The toothless one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I liked I liked how they built the or how the Dalek built its own case. I liked the way it looked like a more like a war machine. You know, it certainly didn't look like a Skittle. <laughs> you know, last time we had the Daleks brought back all of a sudden. I mean, I thought they did a good job of making it, you know, at least look somewhat devastating, somewhat scary, somewhat horrifying. I mean, I think I like, geeked hard when I saw the rockets show up and then the yes. Dalek balls just pulled in. Here come these rockets. Yes. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're badass now. Yeah, that completely made sense, too. And it was yes. like, exactly. You know, yeah, the laser is great, but you need something more than that for it to be the most devastating creature on the planet, you know, type thing. Yeah, and you no plunger. <laughs> no, there was no plunger, and th- and that was interesting too because this, you know, I was comparing it a lot to the episode Dalek, the Chris Eccleston episode, yes. where you had the single Dalek going up against the whole army in that base, mm-hmm. and yeah. it it felt very similar in some ways to that. But yeah. I think, in truth, I felt more threatened by this Dalek than I did by that other one. Because this was more of, this is a Dalek, you know, had nothing to lose. It was a scout. And it had more advanced than the other Dalek who fell through time. All you I could think about was when Jodie Whittaker goes and goes into a warehouse and builds her own yeah. sonic screwdriver. The Dalek goes into a warehouse and builds himself yeah. his own Dalek. I'm thinking like, dude, DIY has something going on I, with these guys. I thought it was a nice way to bookend <laughs> the pilot with this special. Um, you know, if, you, if you look at yes. this as a season ender, uh, you know, part two uh, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I agree. And there's a lot of actually similarities between this and, and a lot of things that are brought back from the pilot in this one too, uh, storylines, particularly with, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan and all that. So um, it actually is Chris actually writing a sequel almost to the, the, it, the, the first one in some ways. And, and mm-hmm. <laughs> as good and bad as that is um, there are. Okay. So story-wise, I feel like I really missed something here because I like the idea of the uh, the the sort of uh, the Dark Ages folks getting together and and taking apart the Dalek, putting it in three different corners of the Earth, um, so to speak, um, for all you flat Earthers that that works, um, and. Uh, <laughs> um, and we have, it's a big we have, Lego we have set. Flat Earthers that listen to our show, so we have to appease them. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> well, all three of them—they have to listen to some show. Uh, but anyway, um, oh, okay. so uh, <laughs> anyway, okay. So 
I don't understand a what they do. They split up like the creature, or or yes. was it yes. like or was or the, so the machine of it? So no, the creature. How did the creature, the creature get creature. back together? Like I saw, like so. So we had two people guarding the other parts, and then they suddenly dug it up, and then what happened? Temporal emergency teleports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, the doctor reported that that there had been tele, there had been some kind of teleportation to that location. That's how. They okay, were I'm, yeah, I, that com- I completely missed that. And then, like, so it, I didn't get like there were these these sort of warriors that were trying to like what was their role to guard? Like, why did they dig them up? Because they heard the noise from. They heard noise coming from. And the pieces started moving because it was. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Oh, this thing's trying to get out. Let me help it. Like it just seemed. It's like no, if you're it, guarding something to keep it from. Like the one, like the one that was in the desert. It knocked out when it started moving. It knocked over whatever temple or statue or whatever was on top of it, and it then teleported out. You saw it, the little light, light comes and it disappeared out of the bag. I think I think uh, I think I it know what Mike was, is. It was really but he, what, what Mike is trying to do. It just yeah, could have gone better. Yes, it could have gone better. I think it should have been like the the silver nemesis with Dolores when he's finding all these elements to uh, to um, nemesis. So I mean, I think it would have been much more uncomplicated for a better term if somebody were like found the history of the Dalek and thought this was a dangerous weapon to assemble and had two of the three pieces and now is going into the tunnel for a third piece or something like that. I think that Plus, would have I been really like the idea much of these, more you know, these sentinels that over the centuries have been guarding and waiting for, you know, making sure that the Dalek doesn't come back. And it would have been kind of interesting to fault like, you know, to, to, to meet them and see, have them help with the ultimate destruction of the Dalek. But no, they just, that was just a throwaway thing, I guess. So, um, and it really didn't matter because they were really more interested in Ryan and his and his deadbeat dad anyway. Uh, you know what would have been cooler? If uh, the who was the bad guy in Rosa? Oh, I don't remember his name. Oh, if he, Crasco. If Crasco actually <laughs> went around and picked up all these pieces. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'm sure we'll see him again yeah. next season. Yeah, no, I don't... We, didn't, we didn't need to see him again. We do uh, not need to see that yeah, guy again. I mean, I I agree with you that the whole them digging it up didn't make much sense. Um, I mean, I I thought it would that to me is a fault in direction. It would have made more sense for them to stand there heroically waiting for it to appear and then you know like hitting at it with their sword or whatever. Um, so I mean, I, I, but I, I do that, agree that, that there was some creepiness to it and that, felt you know it felt like the a little bit of a horror movie, probably more so than anything else this season. So where Dr. Who is supposed to, you know, scare you and get you behind the couch or whatever. I did feel like that scene, particularly where uh, Lynn encounters it, you know, cause I was actually saying out loud, don't touch it. Like I was screaming at the television. I'm like, don't touch it. Like, like that was just <laughs> yeah, so, I don't care if you're wearing gloves. Like, don't like, why would you want to do that? Yeah, Judy was yelling at the TV. Also, she was like going, why is she <laughs> touching it? <laughs> See alien squid on the wall. Leave it alone. It's not. <laughs> it's not yeah, there anymore. It's not but there it, anymore. This episode almost felt like like torchwood to me. There, there is. Um, yeah. In some ways, I yes. It, that way, yeah. it, it didn't go as far as no. torchwood, obviously, but you can at least see the 
the Torchwood influence Chris Chibnall has brought. And and I like the darkness and the and the creepiness of it. I can definitely see why they didn't air it at Christmas. It was not a Christmas <laughs> episode. That, that's for sure. No, too many deaths in this one. There were Way some nice, too many. You know, even some nice small moments in it, like when the the poor guard is talking about how he's new and and how and and his boyfriend. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I thought I thought Mitch and you know, Lynn were a baby nice, too. Nice so I was kind of glad that they survived. But I was I was worried about them. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't tell me we're spending 20 minutes meeting and and talking about them and and being interested in them. You know, having their first kiss and everything, and then they're just gonna get zapped. But they actually, yeah, uh, yeah, they they, 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 yeah, survived. they survived. And I and I like them. I like the you know, uh, I liked the development of both of them actually um, Lynn in particular, I thought she was, she was great. So I, I do agree with that assessment too. She was probably the highlight as well as, you know, seeing, seeing the Dalek at the construction of a, of a new form. I mean, you know, they got to give them credit because over 50 plus years, they got to keep a, a different, like inventing different looks for them. And this one was uh, pretty unique, and I and I and I dug it. And I I know we'll be seeing you know people try to recreate that at conventions, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Diet Dalek. Oh yeah, half well, the calories. Over I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to seeing people with Dalek. And I like I love the yeah. idea of a claw over a, of a plunger. I mean that that makes it creepier. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really surprised exactly. they you know like because at the beginning like the voice. That was, you know, possessing Lynn did not, to me, sound like Nicholas Briggs. So I was very shocked no. when, you know, once he was encased in in a metal again, I was really shocked that Nick Briggs did the voice because I definitely know that voice. And I'm like, oh, he sounds like a normal dialogue. I'm like, that's weird. I thought I expected it to be like, you know, Chris is like, no, we're going to change it up. It's going to be a different voice for the Daleks now. Yeah, that was my first thought. It was like, oh no, did Chris get rid of Nicholas Briggs too? <laughs> Chris, <laughs> he was there. Chris is like, if you worked on Doctor Who before, yes, sir, get out. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. JJ Abrams. <laughs> what do you think about the storyline with Ryan and his father? I liked it. I actually really did. It being a divorced dad, it kind of made sense to me in some ways. I didn't support his father at all or, you know, his rationale. And his reaction to Ryan. But, you know, I thought it was good how they acted towards each other. And I thought, you know, you do now a little bit understanding more about the father. I think he's still a loser. But, you know, I do think, you know, he but he wasn't there for the kid at all. See, I think the exact opposite. We could have had the whole episode without him. I didn't even know why he was there. Are you kidding? Without his new have... microwave thing, we would never have defeated them. And I was about to say, without his microwave being that there, was, I mean, that wasn't good. I that wasn't forced. It's not. Control. It's just not a microwave. It's also an <laughs> that oven. That wasn't and contrived yeah. at all. Okay, but yeah, I contrived, but I don't agree that I think Ryan's father was was very necessary. Necessary, or did. I do. I agree with Mary. And I thought, I thought he was a great addition and I, it ironed out some of the things about Ryan. And see, I think it would have been more. And I I had discussed this. I thought 
it would have been much more, the stakes would have been higher if uh, Lynn were holding the doors of the TARDIS with the Dalek on her back. Because I think we had more of an emotional attachment than to Lynn about what her struggle was than Ryan's father. I think if Chibnall had given it some time, I think we should have seen some flashbacks or something. But the whole first ep- first part of the scene was everybody bashing the hell out of, of Aaron. And I'm like, I'm starting to hate this guy. I don't even know him. So, And that was one of the things. Well, I wish was, they had he wasn't worked on but to be a likable character, though. That's the thing. But I needed some dynamic to make him. It didn't have to be likable, but I had to respect who he was so that when he's standing on the doorway, I'm not thinking, you know what? The ultimate, I think the best thing to happen right now would be Aaron to go with the Dalek into the well, into here, outer space. Here, See, I just I disagree. But no, here's no. the difference with that. Yes, we, you know, Aaron. I think through the course of the episode, and here's what I appreciate about the Aaron storyline. I like the fact that uh, they didn't make him out to be a one note deadbeat dad guy. You get to know him. You don't. You exactly. don't love him, but you kind of feel like there's a chance. You're not easily dismissing him. Um, so that, you know, the doors open, so to speak, um, uh, literally at the end. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and it's all about Ryan. Like you don't care so much about Aaron, but what sells that scene for me and what sold the storyline for me was, uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan's arc. And, uh, this is the I think the best I've seen Tazin this like than the whole since he's been on Doctor Who. Um, uh, this guy, like yes. I've always thought, that, I've always yeah. thought that yeah, this definitely. cast was capable of more, and I've been frustrated because we haven't been getting like good good scenes and good scripts from them. And now I'm really upset because this kid, he's great, um, and in those scenes he carried them, and it's it's his it's his anguish. That we're like, we don't want the dad to die because it would destroy him. I just right. didn't see the trans. Uh, you, you may have seen it. I just didn't see any buildup or transition for Ryan to have a an absolution or a resolution for for a better mm-hmm. term out there. I mean, Graham said the ultimate line to Ryan's dad, which started the, the you know the 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 the, the bad thing, uh, the bad thing towards him is this: family isn't about DNA or name; it's about what you do and you haven't even done enough yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there would have been a better dynamic if Graham were actually on the TARDIS doors with the Dalek on the back and, 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 no. and, uh, and, no. and, and, and no. Ryan. No, I dis I yeah. disagree completely with that. I w- that was one of the best things about this episode was that it didn't focus on Graham. <laughs> That's yes. true. Graham, Graham, yes. You know, He's become the better companion yeah. since, but, he, but he's been totally <laughs> unnecessary to the show. In fact, he's undermined yes. a lot of what the show's been trying to do this season. You know, when you hide, when you- exactly, and yeah, and once again, Yaz was a waste yeah, in yeah. this one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Again, yeah, that's, that's the case. So uh, yes, but here, here's my t- wait, wait. Let me can I go back to Ryan's father first. Of course, uh, this is good. But my my take on Ryan's father was: this is a guy who gives up on everything as soon as it gets too hard for him. The minute things get difficult, he's he's out of there. And he was even going to give up on himself when the Dalek was being pulled into the vacuum. He was just going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> time to go. But Ryan decides not to be his father. He decides not to be 
not not to give up on his father, even if the man doesn't necessarily deserve his forgiveness. So it's all it's like Mike was saying, it's all about Ryan. Ryan has decided not to be the man his father is. He's going to be in, in that respect. Then, I, then, but but I liked, but then I appreciate Ryan's character more in that respect. I I just didn't. Aaron just didn't. You know, I was ready to kick him. Go ahead, take well, the Dalek with you. I just I think that made a, a strong characteristic for Ryan, but I wanted something from the dad, and I was like, I don't see any valid reason. But maybe that was the case. I just well, didn't yeah, see. Well, it. You, uh, he's not reformed completely i mean he's not good to go but no, um, no but not at all need- no but i mean that's part of growing up is realizing you're not going to necessarily yeah, get but, what you need uh, I'll say, <laughs> exactly and that's uh, truthfully though no, i'm sorry right. to interrupt mike one of the th- one of the things a child has to realize and on their way to adulthood is when they realize that their parents are just people too and this happened in this episode and you know he didn't want anything to do with his father before and he actually sat down with his father and actually had discussions and talked to him and then he showed him his father this is where i've been the last few months i've been traveling through space i've been trying you know showing i'm a person now and this is also probably the first time ryan's dad saw Ryan as an adult, not as a little kid anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what came out of it for me. And, and I saw that and, you know, I thought it was brilliant, that part. And, you know, the whole thing of Ryan then running to his father's aid when the Dalek mm-hmm. was trying to drag him out into the, into space with him. And, you know, this is, you know, Ryan came into his own in this episode to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Ryan not only came out from beneath his father's shadow, but from beneath <laughs> yeah. Ryan's shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- no, exactly. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. The only. Okay. Like I said, you saw, you three saw something I didn't, and I still, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're opening my mind to a lot of things that I may have not seen. I still wish, and like I said, it's not because uh, just of Ryan's story. I needed something from Aaron, some kind of redemption for something. He didn't have to be the complete changeover. I'm the better father. You know, I'm a better father now right over there. But I did need to see something. And giving it all to Ryan, I think, okay, well, I mean, if that's your perspective, that's fine. It you just would, have, you would have seen that in an RTD or a Moffat episode. I, look, to me, the whole thing, though, was undermined because – Okay, so the doctor's big plan to get the Dalek off his back is to open the doors in the middle of space and just see and hope everything doesn't get sucked out. How stupid is that? <laughs> like, like <laughs> I know we're supposed to care, but it was really dumb. No, at first she put the field around just around the Dalek so it would get sucked out. She didn't do it so that everybody. No, would just get the host. Out. Yeah, but. No, just okay. No, I know. I know what Mike's talking I mean, about is because the only way if if a Kerblam package could end up in the TARDIS, why couldn't a Dalek <laughs> being end up outside the TARDIS? You know, Jack, a, we've seen we've, we've, Kerblam we've has better technology the than the TARDIS. Things behind before, 
like, you know, oh, wait, and we're not going back on history. I get it. This is new. So so we're going to ignore everything that's happened in the past 50 years. But I just to me, I just thought it was a dumb resolution. I just thought she's she's better than this. Like, it's just one of those another example that I just don't think they're writing her that smart. And it just frustrates me because she should be the smartest person in the room, any room that she goes into. And they've really, really dumbed her down. And I, and I know some people like it because she's more um, uh, approachable. She's, she's more identifiable because she doesn't, she's not in a, you know, someone that knows everything. She's not that, like, but to me, I, I just, I just find it frustrating because I, I think it's just service to her. I don't think Chibnall's giving her a chance. No, I don't think so either. I think there, there's so much dynamic. I think, it, here's my take on Chibnall as far as, I, I don't know if we're jumping into the, uh, to, Chibnall knows how to write Broadchurch. Chibnall does not know how to write Doctor Who. And he's not, not gonna, saying he can't. And this episode kind of gears to it because this is the man who took, uh, John Nathan Turner to the test. There's a YouTube video on him doing this. But now I think Chibnall writes more of a drama than science fiction. And that's why you see a lot more heart coming into the series, but now you're seeing less of the sci-fi go out whereas Moffat at the last two seasons that he had he was writing more fantasy oh love is the answer to the solution to this uh, when I mean I thought this was a sci-fi show and you can dip into the fantasy but you still got to remain the core value of the first 26 years this is a sci-fi show yeah, I think some of the sci-fi has been dumbed down a little bit. Um, and you could say, you could, you know, another way to say that you could say, oh, it's been become more accessible uh, to people. Um, so I, I do that. That has frustrated me. But um, uh, yeah, so I just like I said, um, I do think, though, Jody really shined in this once again, uh, especially when she was confronting the Dalek. Uh, I got I got the sense that she had faced them before that she had experience with them. She, she sold it in the beginning when everybody else was like going, what, what's wrong. And she, she knows what it is. She knows it's a Dalek. She knows mm-hmm. it's the most dangerous thing in the plant and in, in the universe. And, and her, her misgivings about it, it really creates a level of tension that helps throughout like the, the first act of this, uh, this story. Um, so she does carry that really well. And then when she finally confronts the doll, like I was very satisfied by that. I thought she did a really great job to me. It was probably, you know, the, the moments that we have the doctor facing off against the Daleks, whether it's, uh, um, Eccleston, um, tenants i don't remember being particularly memorable uh matt smith did a great job and now i think jody did a great job with it i just think that you know that's a thing that the everything if you're playing the doctor you want a moment like this and, this and i think she nailed it this episode is where she felt most like the doctor agreed yes 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 well she's one step closer but the previous doctors had something in the, in their in, in kind of in their first episode where you latched on and knew that this was going to be a wild ride with the doctor. When Christopher Eccleston is going to the nesting consciousness and goes, I am talking. We knew that we had the doctor. We had the space God presence. When uh, David Tennant is in front of the Sycorax and he's going, this planet is defended. We knew then when Matt Smith is in front of the Atraxes and going, uh, I'm the doctor basically run. 
And it took a while for Capaldi to get his, but he had it in Flatliners and finally said, this planet is defended. And nowhere at that point did Jody have that moment. And I thought she kind of had it in the scaffolding in the first episode, but she finally got it. She finally got it when she confronted Lynn, the, 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 the picture of Lynn, yes. the, the, yes. the hologram of Lynn, when she went Dalek head on. That's when I saw the glimpse of that space god who's been through the time war, who's been through the universe, who's fought Daleks you know, in and out, who's taken on the bad guys, who's beaten up the bug-eyed monsters. I finally saw a glimpse of it, but not all of it full. Well, and, go ahead, sorry. And her, her, no, no, that's fine. And her predecessors have had that, advantage as far as the writing and the directing and they've had good acting i can't say no no i'm not saying that jody can't nobody's given her the advantage and she's shown it in Broadchurch that she can swing that acting either way where you're you're either in tears either crying at a at a serious moment or you're in tears because you're laughing at a at a funny moment i, I think and it's, she just has had a chance. Bit, I, guess. Um, I, I I totally agree, no, and okay. I and I think that uh, it's been one of the things that I've been frustrated about with. But I did really like the scene where you know at the end when she confronts the Dalek with the group of people, and she's like, "Your last chance." And the Dalek, you know, does what a Dalek does, and she turns to the group and is like, "Okay, mm-hmm. everybody heard. I gave them a last chance, right? I really trying to be good. Here. Like, I gave them <laughs> a last chance, right? Everybody heard me, right? Okay." Now I can do what I yeah. need to do and destroy this thing. Um, and, and I like that. Plus, she can rock a scarf, man. That, that I love. I love, <laughs> I love oh, I'm just wait, I'm waiting for that oh, at, yeah. at the conventions I'm now. Sorry, I know that's coming out. She have, like, oh. sold them, like, online Already right, selling. Right Was it like $200 <laughs> or something like that? Order now. So that was pretty awesome. Nope, that's pretty darn awesome. Talked about yep. this. Yeah, we've talked about this all season long, how Jody's been rented yes. kind of lay and uh, very, uh, you know, very forgetful, very not confident, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and kind of wishy-washy sometimes. And, yeah, I didn't like that either, and I'm glad that it, that seems to be changing. And I, I hope and it I continues with that. But we have a year to do that, to worry yeah, about no, it. Yeah, yeah. Probably, part of the problem is that yes. she's been running across everything that's been new. And just because it's new to us, Chris doesn't, it didn't need to be new to her. And that's what I think the mistake was. And so finally, when we get a, a, a villain, an entity, a monster, a creature, an alien that she's familiar with, man, she rocks it. And it's just, it's like, oh, this has been missing all season. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This also is the episode where not only that I feel like Jody was really becoming the doctor here, but it sort of felt like this was the episode where Chris Chibnall was was really becoming the showrunner because I think it's his own insecurities that that's been coming through this whole. This He's had daddy story. issues. <laughs> I, I, I think there's I, more than daddy well, issues there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think but, just, but the thing is, I would have, as funny as it sounds, I would have made this episode the first episode because this would have been, this is Jody's doctor. It's not just, this is Dr. Who, this is Jody Whitaker. This is Jody's doctor. And the moment that you were saying, you know, she turned around and said, I gave him a chance, everybody. That was yes. Jody's doctor. This is what defines yes. Jody and her doctor. 
Everybody else had the definition, even though there is a running stream throughout all 14 doctors or how many are out there now, all 14 doctors have a common core base. However, you know, the alien, when the alien finally pops out there and says, here I am. And Jody finally got that moment in this. I saw glimpses, but I would love to see her go dark. <laughs> she needs to go dark. It's got to it's gotta hit her. We got to see the time war in her face. We got to see her emotions go when she knows that, you know. And uh, when we saw, you know, the, the frog prince in the other dimension, I was like, oh, my God. Really? I mean, I, it's... I don't need her to go dark. I need her though to show some some hardness. Well, that's what I mean. I need to see the yeah, doctor again. And, I, and she's getting there, but she but especially with New Who, there seems to be this. You know, the doctor without companions is dangerous, and I I would like to see that a little bit, just a little bit. It doesn't necessarily need to be like you know a whole season of it but maybe just a, an instance. And certainly when she's up against the Daleks, that, I mean, as we saw with Chris, I mean, he turns into a completely different person. <laughs> like like, like when, when he goes up against the Daleks, it's like, it's different because it's personal. And, uh, and if that doesn't get your blood running, uh-huh. then, you know. Exactly. <laughs> nope. Exactly. And I'm sure we're going to talk all about that a lot more next week when we do the season wrap up. So any final thoughts on this episode? We are at the end. Wow. This was a good talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate? Uh, I hated the music again. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. I was not a huge fan of the music either. And and I, it doesn't, (laughs) it feels like, it doesn't. It doesn't work as a whole. It's. It's like he he oversells certain moments with these dramatic flourishes. The composer, but but it doesn't. You know there aren't there aren't themes throughout it. There aren't there aren't really musical cues. Well, we're going for Murray it's, Gold, who wrote you know practically every character, every scene, every moment, everything, and everything to find about that. But you know when the, the doctor would come back, there was that one theme. We, I mean, we do. Mm-hmm. This yeah. one, I just—it's all kind of garbled, and yeah. then, uh, the mu- it's just kind the of music needs yeah, exactly. something. It definitely does. There's no in that way. It does yeah. really remind me of the RTD era because you know you get these like bits of music that seem to have nothing to do. It's almost like they just went to the vault and used a piece of like like you know like <laughs> uh, free music to, to in that spot or something. It was just like what's we used all our budget on this <laughs> on the Dalek. So yeah, there we go. We went, we went to the Sophonic workshop. We found this piano wire and this key. Does anybody want to make anything um, with this? And just real quick, also, I'll say that the Dalek blasts. Uh, oh man, they look great in this. Like they look devastating. They look like they hurt. That's a painful way to die. Um, I, you know, I, I think they just keep getting better and better with that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, once again, this, this episode yeah. looked really good. Oh yeah. Most definitely. The, the art direction was, was great. The, the CGI for the most part mm-hmm. was great. Exactly. And the cinematography was decent too. 
like especially those flashback mm-hmm. scenes when they showed like Siberia and the desert and you know it was just like and of course the army had to fight in a of course. rock quarry. Of course. <laughs> well, of course. Where, where oh, else? BBC put a coupon out for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well. Exactly. All right. Let's go ahead and rate this. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. All right, Christian, go first. Can I, can I, can I split a TARDIS in half? Yeah, of course. Okay, 3.5. Yes. All right. That's easy enough. Mary. Oh, boy. I- you know, I think I'm going to give this uh, a 4.5 because I really enjoyed it. And no, it wasn't perfect, but I think it was it was really good. And, uh, and a much more fitting finale than than the episode before it. This yes. felt like a serious finale. Exactly. I can see near on Christmas. <laughs> it was pretty dark and creepy, but it, I'm, I was fine with that. I'm glad. I'm glad they moved it to New Year's. Because I think it removed a constraint that didn't need to be there, and that was dragging episodes down. And if I can jump on Mary's note, I get the feel. If I were ending on the last episode before this one, I would have thought, "Oh, 2020, we are in deep trouble." This episode gave me a little mm-hmm. faith that, okay, I think they're getting their act together. I think 2020 is going to be a good ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, I was a little unsure after the last episode, but but this one this one restored my faith, and now I'm really looking. Me too. All right. Yeah, Mikey. I'm going to go with a four. Um, there's problems to be sure, but the 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 cast, particularly uh, outstanding in this, Jody and is it Tossin? Is that his name? How do you pronounce his name? Okay. Yes. Um, oh, so yeah. uh, I think they, in particular, uh, just did a fantastic job. Um, you know, certainly we've seen the Daleks overused. Um, but I didn't feel that that was the case here. I felt that it was warranted. It was welcome. Um, and, you know, if you were going to have one, you know, if you're going to have her first encounter with a familiar, you know, monster be the Daleks, that it, it was it was really well done from that perspective. Um, so, um, yeah. And like we said, um, you know, if we kind of use as a as a template, like, would you show this one to someone who's never seen Doctor Who before? And probably out of almost everything else that Jody's done with Dr. Who, this one would probably be the most likely one that I would show somebody. Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. All right. I'm going to give a four and a half also like Mary, a couple little things pulled it down for me, but it wasn't enough that, you know, it wasn't enjoyable. I I've watched it twice already and I'm looking forward to actually seeing this one again. I can't say that really about any of the other episodes this season. And, you know, I liked the interaction between Ryan and his dad. It made it for me. And I also loved the Dalek. I thought the Dalek was creepy. The whole thing with it on her, on Lynn's back was awesome. The whole time she was sitting at that computer fighting against it. And the actress was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name? Charlotte Ritchie. She was just, she was awesome. And just the pain that she was showing, trying to fight it. And then the scene in the police car where the other officer looks up and sees the other police officer's legs dangling out of the, <laughs> the car. And it's like, just thinking <laughs> yes. about what she was doing to him and everything. It was just, it was great. And this made the Dalek scary again. And, you know, on a side note, though, 
I want to give a zero to BBC America for all the fripping commercials they threw in. Wow, <laughs> oh, yes. You know, it almost felt like they went three minutes and then there was another commercial break. Yeah, it was really bad. And I, I swear they went through and picked the worst part. Exactly. And it was just like commercial. another commercial break already? It was just, it was, it was horrible. And, you know, it almost makes me want to wait to get it on iTunes or something just so I could watch it all the way mm-hmm. through. And I, have a, I have a question on that if, if you were to watch the full unedited doctor who, but you had to sit and endure another 30 minutes, would you do it? Yeah. With the commercials they do. I would too. Yeah. I, would, I, was, I was just curious. I was like, I would, no, I would have watched 30 more minutes of this story. It was that good. And when the Dalek busted into the telecommunication center, that was just, that was just awesome. You hearing the screams and the lasers above mm-hmm. that guy, and you know what's going on up there. And you know him not knowing really what to expect. It was just it was just awesome. But just the the only thing I take when with your zero on BBC America, not only do they throw in so many commercials, they clip out some of the stuff, and then when I get the DVD and I see, oh wait a minute, where was this in the episode? And it's a crucial moment. The first the first showing does not clip anything out. Really? When, when they reshow it, I gotta check that again. When they, oh, maybe I've... when they reshow it, they cut, they edit stuff out. Hmm. And that's just how it's Doctor Who has been since what they've been showing it here in the states. Yeah, that's how it's yeah. always been. It's, but it's even more. Yeah, because yeah, I think the episode was only supposed to be sixty minutes, full sixty minutes, mm-hmm. and they added on thirty minutes of commercials, and to make it ninety minutes, it was. It was ridiculous. It truly was ridiculous. And, you know, but, you know, that's my bitch and moan about it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, we want to hear from you guys at home. What did you guys think? Did you like it? Did you, what did you guys feel about the characters? Please write us at, you know, ESWpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to hold off from reading these emails that we got till next week because it's more season wrap ups, people's thoughts on it. And so next week, since we're doing our season 11 wrap up, might as well be a little more appropriate then. And we got a great crew lined up for it. So it should be a lot of fun. So let me thank our guests for tonight, though. The last mm-hmm. new Doctor Who we have for pretty much 2019. So we'll see. We'll see you at New Year's next year, folks. Now. <laughs> so the show is over for a while. No, 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 no. We got a lot coming on. So we got a lot planned already for you guys. But let me thank uh, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for the invite. This was wonderful. This was a great, great topic and discussion. I'd love to come back. Oh, you're welcome anytime, sir. Um, anything you want to shout out about? You want to give a plug to your podcast? Absolutely. I always <laughs> Um, yes, everybody, uh, please check out the legend of the traveling TARDIS. We do put out a show weekly. Uh, we will be going to conventions in the central Florida area. So keep an eye out on that. Um, just because Jody Caesar series is over does not mean our show's over. We're going to be doing a lot of discussions, a lot of interviews, a lot of topics. Uh, one of the questions you could probably put on your own show, uh, that's what constitutes a spoiler and how long do you have to wait before you can spoil? Depends when the expiration date is, truthfully. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you, sir. You're great to have on tonight. Oh, uh, my honor. This was fun. And Mr. Mike. As always, it's my pleasure. 
Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Um, you know, just uh, stay tuned because we've got some fun things happening, even though the uh, season is over for 2019, the new season of Doctor Who is over. Uh, we're going to try our best to uh, entertain you the best we, way we can and help and make sure that the wait is not, uh, not doesn't feel so long. Nope. Totally understand that. And Mary. Wow. It's just, I can't believe 2019 overall already. But I actually, I want to shout out to my sister whose birthday is today. Happy birthday. Yay. Happy birthday. It's pretty much her fault. I'm obsessed with Dr. Who. Barbara's birthday. Yay. Yay. Happy birthday, Barbara. Yay. That's awesome. And I'm going to just say thank you to everyone who's been dealing with us all season and listening to us and, you know, the good, the bad, and just, you know, ups and downs. And it's been great because, you know, with these two at my side, we haven't agreed all the time, which is great. And, you know, we don't want it to be all kumbaya, joy and happiness and flying through the TARDIS of space and singing and everything. We just, you know, we enjoy just being with each other and talking Doctor Who and it's something we have all in common. And that's what makes it great hearing from you guys. So we are going to be coming back starting, you know, in, in another week. We'll be back with our season 11 wrap up. And after that, we'll be coming back every other week until Doctor Who comes back. But we got, like Mary has said, Mike has said, we've got some great things ahead of for you guys. So please stick with us. We have stuff. And if you definitely have ideas or suggestions of what we want to talk about, join us up on our Facebook group. We have an amazing group up there. We're also up on Twitter. We also are now, you know, hopefully we'll have, you know, an ESW presence on more social media coming soon, I hope. But, you know, until then, you know, the Facebook group is our main way to get in touch with us throughout the next year. And we have a great discussions. Any Doctor Who news will be up there. Any kind of ideas for shows you know we put it up already we've gotten probably a list of two dozen things of what people want us to talk about and it's funny most people want us to talk all about big finish so i guess we're going to be doing a lot of that during the next year or so god that's well, plenty horrible. Of time. yeah exactly so and we're going to be doing cons and we already have two doctor who cons lined up and we're looking at possibly a third so never know where Earth Station Who is going to be popping up. So definitely, you know, look for us around and, you know, thank you again. Hope 2019 brought you happiness so far in the two days of the year so far since we've been here. And, you know, here's the good things, my friends. Until then, my name is Mike Faber and we will talk to you soon. Peace. And we're done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talent from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Welcome to the Monster Sci-Fi Show Podcast. I am your host, the monster. We are Venom.
I got my own parasite. Parasite? Sorry, sorry, Venom. I, I meant symbiote. That's better. What do you do for fun around here? I want to do a podcast with you. What the hell is a podcast anyway? Well, it's a weekly show where I talk about the latest news in sci-fi, movies, and TV. You're such a nerd. Now I'm a loser on two planets. The Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.